Welcome to Simple Faith with host Dale Carlson, bringing solid Christian answers to your questions and concerns. Simple Faith on Life-Changing Radio. Here's host, Dale Carlson. Good afternoon. Welcome to Simple Faith Radio. Uh, We're so happy to have you join us today. Uh, We've got a special guest today, uh, Marilyn Newell. I'm here with, uh, with her, and I'm here with Bob. Bomier and Jim Barnes, uh, as usual. And today, uh, I, I met Marilyn, or we met Marilyn, all of us met Marilyn together on a prayer group. Uh, as she was invited by somebody else. It's kind of one of those God things that, uh, that you don't know how it happened, but, uh, but all of a sudden God put us together. And we learned that something really special is going on at uh, Pleasant Street Baptist Church in Mechanic Falls. Uh, one of the things that we're trying to do here at this show is, if you listen to us very often, you know this, is that we want to encourage people to get out and uh, get doing what God has called them to do uh, in this world. Everybody's got a job. It's not something that anybody can sit around and, and uh, just soak it in. Uh, we soak it in, but boy, it has to come out. Uh, uh, in, in addition to, as it comes in, it has to go out. And so, um, Marilyn, uh, welcome today, and I am so interested in hearing uh, about what you're doing in your church. It's a, it's a small church, but it's got a lot of, lot of action going on there. Thank you very much. It's really great to be with all of you today. Uh, it is a small church. Our uh, formal membership is probably only about 50 people. Uh, we have seen attendees up in the low like 80s, 90s. Uh, we were preparing, just before COVID hit, we were preparing a space um, in the upper part of our auditorium for overflow because we were growing uh, that way. That has changed a little bit with, with the COVID thing. Um, but yes, we do have a sense that God is on the move in our congregation and eager to see how that works and what our roles individually as people are in, in growing in our faith, in sharing our faith with others, ministering in our community we're just not sure yet we're waiting well patiently. you're doing you're doing some things to make sure though that's that's what's that's what's impressive to me it's not just oh we're going to wait and see what happens i mean there's action going on there right now as you're preparing to do something there is there is uh you know we have an active men's group an active women's bible study which is my ministry we have an active youth group that reaches out into the community we have a lot of kids coming to that that are un- not churched kids mm-hmm. Um, we have a kids club that's very active. Um, yeah, so so all of that is going on. But behind the scenes, uh, we're actually taking some time to stand back and to look and see, you know, what's working well, what's not working well, what opportunities there might be for us to do some things differently 
to recognize that and and you know in in I can focus on the women's ministry for sure uh, we recently have been going through Romans we went through Romans with a focus on Romans 12 and the spiritual gifts mm-hmm. and so the women are have been studying that we we camped out there for quite a while and we've been studying that with an eye toward you know what does scripture say about that and uh, what did it mean to the people that it was written to but more importantly what does it mean to us as we study it and um, we've gone through some spiritual gift testing so that we could actually understand how mm. God is trying to gift us. We understand that he gifts us for the purpose of building up the church. Mm-hmm. So we know that's what he's about. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the one <laughs> yeah. thing we know he's about doing is, is building up the church. Yeah. And uh, so now we, we, I have a sheet that tells me what everybody's primary gifts turned out on those assessments. Um, and we're looking to see where can we serve in what's already going on in the church and what ministries do we need to start thinking about having in the church so that there's a place for those that kind of manifestation of our gifts. So what do you think uh, is going on in the church in terms of what, what is the energy for this in your church? How, how is this uh, uh, affecting your church? You know, I think there's just a, an excited anticipation for God's move. Um, the, the women are excited, the, the, the conversations around what happens next, where do we go from here, are, are lively and engaging. Um, the pastor has asked all of the ministries to revisit their mission statement and their vision for their ministry. And to so identify. you have a mission statement for every ministry in the church? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We have a church, minister, a, right. a church mission, which is to love God and people. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, comes out of that verse, the, the commandment, love the Lord your God and others. And so that's the big mission under which all of our our ministry missions are fitted. And each one of those has a mission statement, and you're revisiting those. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and to what end? For what, what purpose? To, to figure out, you know, to, to, to open up a space for us to hear from God as we right. look at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you don't know where you're headed, I think of the Cheshire Cat. Um, Alice met the Cheshire cat on the road and she asked for directions Mm -hmm. and he said where are you headed and she said well I don't really know and he said then it doesn't really matter which road you take (laughs) I think that's I think that's so true I think that's so true yeah so so we're doing it so that we have a goal in mind Mm -hmm. you know we're I, I know that we were all prayerfully considering what our mission should be and how it should play out and asking the Lord to to speak into us about those things but you know if you have no plan at all you have no place to go right right so what's he speaking into you (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know he he has been speaking in terms of the ladies group um he has been speaking about the idea of what what do we do as women in the church what is our role Mm -hmm. how do we help how do we he's speaking to us about authentic relationships like how do we get real mm-hmm. as a church? And how do we get real with each other? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the ladies did say the other day that, you know, one of the things about our group is that you can come and be yourself. Well, it wasn't always that way. You know, mm-hmm. we built relationships, and those relationships now have allowed us to be authentic. So if somebody's struggling with something, they can come in and say they're struggling with something. Mm-hmm. If somebody uh-huh. has something that they can praise about, 
they can praise about it. If somebody wants prayer, they can get prayer. You know, and and without the masks. I but think. that's kind of scary stuff. Uh -huh. I mean, <laughs> when somebody asks me how are you feeling, I don't know as I want to tell them. Yeah. If I'm especially if I'm not feeling fine, I want to put the smile on and say I'm fine. Yeah. That the real the answer usually is I'm okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not too long ago, I actually learned a song, a uh, contemporary Christian music song that says, um, "Truth be told." When they ask you how you are, you say, I'm okay, yeah, I'm okay, hey, I'm okay, yeah, I'm okay, but I'm not, I'm broken. <laughs> oh. Truth be told, we don't do that in church. And that gets kind of scary. And, and it is, I mean, it's, it's scary to be vulnerable, but boy, there's a freedom in it. Oh. You know, we've done a lot of, we've done a lot of different Bible studies since we started the study in 2005. And some of them have been on freedom and just breaking free from the pain of the past. Mm -hmm. uh, we all have a history. We all have something that in our lives maybe we're ashamed of or embarrassed by. We maybe have unforgiveness in our lives. And, and it binds us. It holds us captive so that we can't be authentic. You know, I, I, I have affectionately said to the ladies sometimes, you know, you girls wouldn't hang out with me before I was saved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, you, you just never would have done that. But praise God, you know, I, I got saved and I came out of that lifestyle. And, and now you want to hang out with me. And that's great because we can hang out together and be real. But how does that work in, in a practical situation? Trish, when you've got a group of people and said, we're going to talk about being real. Or, or how, how, do you, how do you do that yeah. with, a, with a group of folks who aren't used to this kind of thing. I think you start out easy. You're gentle with that idea. It's not like, okay, wait a minute, I think you're lying to me. <laughs> yeah, you have to tell me the truth. But, you know, how are you, Jim? And you say, I'm okay. And I say, yeah. are you really? Well, there's some aches and pains. Yeah. There's some yeah. things that I'm not certain about. You know? You, you start to really ask, yeah. you know, church is difficult for that. I think every church is difficult for that mm -hmm. because you walk in, you sit down, you know, we, some of us come early and so there's a lot of visiting, but you, you sit down and you wait and the music starts and then the sermon happens and then some churches have an invitation or a time of ministry after and then you walk out mm -hmm. and there's not a place for mm -hmm. fellowship. You know, like just getting to know people. So this, you know, the idea of small groups, which is really when you look at, we don't have home groups this right now, but when you look at small groups, the men's group, the youth group, the kids club, and the yeah. ladies group, yeah. those are places where it's a smaller group, so it's not the whole church, and there's time for conversation. But, this, but for example, a, a women's group in most churches... It is a pretty routine thing. I mean, they have a, it's traditional. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you introduce, how do you introduce the idea of being honest with yourself and think, with others? I think when, to uh, a traditional group of women. I think when, uh, when I went to church, uh, when I was a kid, you know, they would say, you got to put a smile on your face because nobody's going to want to be a Christian if they see you frowning. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so it's hard to be real, yeah. but, 
you know, so okay, we got to be real, and that's 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 a, that's the first step. But now you're you're getting into the spiritual gifts. You're real with each other. You're getting into the spiritual gifts. You're uh, you're what what are people finding that their gifting is? Are they surprised at finding what their gifting is, or are they they content and say, well, I kind of knew that all along? You know, <laughs> I, I had a lot of reactions of. Well, you know, the first one on that, so we did two tests. Mm-hmm. We did, and they're free tests online. Mm-hmm. One was uh, churchgrowth.org, and the other one was spiritualgiftstests.com. Mm-hmm. And, oh. um, and so they had six primary results, mm-hmm. three on each of those tests. And so the feedback that I got from them originally was, um, so prophecy came up for some. And they said, no. Well, evangelism came up. <laughs> not me. And, you know, teaching comes up. Mm, I'm not going to teach. I'm not teaching the kids, and I'm certainly not teaching you guys, you know. <laughs> so there was, some, you know, some resistance. But yeah. but it's about digging in and saying, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, evangelism, is, I think, is a good one because evangelism, we're all called to evangelize, yeah. you know. But some people are particularly gifted in a, in a specific way. And when we think of evangelists, what do you think of? Who do you think of when you think of an evangelist? Oh, Billy Graham, that's the first yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going up on stage yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. in front of thousands of people to spread the gospel. And, and, so, or, and I'm not going to go stand on the street corner with tracks. Oh, I hate that. And hand out yeah. tracks. Yeah, or knock yeah. on windows and ask them if they've met Jesus mm-hmm. yet. But, you know, evangelism isn't always just that. Mm-hmm. Evangelism is, how's your neighbor doing? How's your friend doing? Have you asked them? Have you talked it? Have you shared what God is doing in your life with them so that they can see the possibility that God could do that in their lives? Uh. And I think I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, you tell me that you're having trouble and next week you come back and you say, "Well, you know, I prayed about it and I thought about it and 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 I'm I'm looking at it differently." Um, so my life verse is Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that, that second part for me is you can, you can change your life when you understand better what God has for you. So Bible study is really the core of our women's group. And my favorite thing, actually, it happened this week, and I don't remember what the conversation was, but one of the women, we were talking about a, a concept, and she said, I never thought about it that way. And when I hear, that's my favorite thing to hear, mm-hmm. is that somehow you read scripture, it hit you differently, it spoke to you differently, it meant something else to you, and it changes the way you think about it. I think that's all encompassed in that verse. So, you know, the, the idea of how do you do that, you just study God's word. But you study it with an eye toward application. Like, okay, this was fun. What are you going to do with this? Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I mean, we've been through this thing with the whole um, spiritual gifts, and everybody has the, their list, and we've dug into the, the definitions of them. What does it really mean to be gifted in that way? And, and how does that show up in the world? Like, if you have the gift of administration, you, you might just automatically think, well, you know, I'm going to be a secretary someplace or an administrative <laughs> assistant or something. But it's really about organizing people and organizing things. And so are there things or people that you can organize if you're an administrative, administratively gifted, um, similar to leadership, but a little different? 
So, yeah, you know, yeah. so getting, you know, getting to understand that and then saying, where do we put this? What mm -hmm. do we do with this? Yeah. You could mean? even say something like, how does our life together as a church, body? is there a need for administration? Yeah. How would that work? Well, how would that fit into our life as a church? And if there isn't a need, then the question becomes, why did God gift a handful of women in this church with that gift? Why, you know, <laughs> if there's no, if there's no Sunday school program, which, you know, Sunday school programs, I think have, Bob, you might be able to address this, kind of gone by the wayside. Yeah, most people do children's church. Most people do like children's church during church, right. but Sunday schools, as we know it, you know, 20 years ago, have was, faded. Have faded quite a yeah. bit. So, so there aren't, you know, six classes of Sunday school for somebody to teach. So okay. we don't need six teachers. So but if what God direction has do you look teached, in? Well, what is teaching? It's how we interpret the gifts. Teaching is... Communicating. Communicating. Mm -hmm. You teach your children every day. You teach your friends. My favorite, you know, my favorite idea of leadership is that uh, leadership happens anytime you have the opportunity to influence the thinking, behavior, and development of another person. Teaching is that same thing. Teaching happens anytime you can show somebody mm. through your words, through the scripture, that there's something else here. We've got, to, we've got to go to break now. Oh. Uh, uh, we're going to be right back with uh, Marilyn here in about two minutes. But uh, be prepared. Our phone number is 725-9224. Uh, when we come back on air, we're going to open up the lines. And if you have some questions about how to, uh, to really get your church up and running a little bit, give Marilyn a call. Give us a call, and, and Marilyn yeah. is going to, going to uh, tell you what's going on in her church. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Simple Faith. Welcome back to Simple Faith uh, Radio. We're here with uh, Marilyn Newell, Jim Barnes, and Bob Bomier, and we're talking about uh, what's going on at Pleasant Street Baptist Church in, in Mechanic Falls. So, Marilyn, um, you're kind of leading this women's group. Uh, where do you come from in, in your past? What's... what's, what's uh, What's, what, yeah, we'll hold that question just for a minute. We've got Eric from Hebron on. Okay. And, uh, uh, so, Eric, uh, are you there? Are you there, Eric? There you go, Eric. I can hear you now. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> hi. I'm doing great. What, what, uh, what, what can we do for you? What's your question for Marilyn? Oh, I just had a, I just had a question for Dr. Newell, um, so, I'm not asking for a friend, but aside from or in addition to like the spiritual tests and websites that you mentioned, what do we do when we're in like life transition? Like I've been doing all of this and now I don't know what I'm going to do next. Not necessarily career or job, but you know, within the ministry or within my church. Like, how can I? Start I'm so glad you asked that, Eric. I, I just that that's that's kind of where we're going. That gets us right on track. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So, Eric, you you know me uh, well enough to call me Doctor Newell. So I'll just uh, confess I'm not a medical doctor. I have a PhD in organization and management. Okay. Um, and uh, it's interesting that you would ask the question about being in transition because in September. 
I stepped away from my Encore career in higher education, which was working for Grand Canyon University and the University of New England and the Community College in Auburn. Um, so I stepped away from that, and now I'm looking to see what is the next thing. So you're um, in transi transition, too. I am in transition. Yeah. And, you know, and I have transitioned before. In 2005, I left a full-time presidency uh, at a uh, two-year career college in New Hampshire. And um, when I left there, uh, the question that was asked from my supervisor was, um, so what are you going to do next? And I said, I don't really know. And he said, well, where are you going? You know, like you always leave yeah. one job to go to another. And I don't know. But I knew that God did not want me to stay there. I just, there, were, there was enough information for me to say, my time has come, it's time to go. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of my favorite verses, I think it's in Deuteronomy, is ye have dwelt long enough on this mount, turn ye and take your journey. Mm -hmm. So I turned and took my journey. He said, why would you do that? And I said, because life matters. And so what I created for myself, just praying about it, was I have a master's degree in um, adult education with a concentration in counseling, and I wondered if I could do some counseling and some life coaching. Mm -hmm. And I thought Life Matters would be a good name for that entity. So I just put it out there and said, God, here I am. Um, and uh, you know, I'll backtrack a little bit. How I got into my presidency without having a PhD was kind of interesting as well, because the expectation usually is if you're a college president, you already have that terminal degree. But I can look back at my career and I can see the transition one step at a time from one school to the next. So, so Eric, I'm not sure I'm answering your question much, but uh, what do you do? I think you look for what is next prayerfully and you are open to testing the waters. Like, um, like being on a radio program. If you know, <laughs> you'd get the invitation, and and you say, "Okay, God, do you want me to do this?" And and but you're waiting for it, like you're waiting for the invitation, you're waiting for the next thing. So I think it's mm. it's mostly about being open and waiting. I know you have a friend who's who's making a transition as well, and you know, my prayer for him is that he would be uh, anticipating what God is going to put before him and being ready to actually embrace whatever comes along because it may be a permanent thing and it may be just a you know one-time thing but it may inform your decision making moving forward does that help yeah so looking and testing and then i suppose trying something out and then even if you find out it's not the right thing but you're looking and listening and trying something, is that? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I, I was talking with a gentleman here earlier, and I said there's a book out there that says if you want to walk on the water, you have to get out of the boat. Mm -hmm. So that I've idea that of one. trying something out, stepping out in faith, a simple faith, stepping out in faith and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to, it feels right, I'm going to step in and try that. And I'm going to assess and evaluate it and see how it goes. I mean, I think life is like that. You you have to okay. stand back and reflect on whatever you're being you think you're being called to, because I, there's lots of opportunity to be called not by the Lord, 
and and crawled by your own senses, just what you want, your own desires. Yeah, I mean, you know, I had a passion for years to run a seminar uh, conference center. I ended up running schools instead. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of difference, you know, like same only different. Um, But yeah, you know, what was God's use of that passion? I think I think you're. You've got some gifts that are, as you go through transition, you're helping other people go through transition as, as they, the, we really come to grips with what this faith is all about. I mean, because we can live in this world and we can make a living and we can, uh, we can, uh, we can retire wealthy, uh, or we can retire poor depending upon the decisions we make. But we are here for a purpose that's greater than that. I mean, the, the purpose we're here for is eternal. And so we work so hard. To live these few years on on this earth, but uh, but sometimes we forget about where we're going, and uh, and and uh, and so and so as you work with this church, and I, I'm so fascinated to to hear about all these gifts that uh, people are recognizing, and and Eric, as you're saying, you know, what do you do with these gifts? Uh, when you're done, when do you, you know, I think so many times people go through these gift assessments and that's kind of where it, that's where it lands. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it doesn't go any further than that to take these gifts and say, okay, this is the team we've got. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we going to do with this team? And uh, what if we don't have all the gifts that we need? Uh, how do we, how do we manage that? And, uh, and I think that's when you get out of the boat. And uh, and start walking on the water because God wants us to do something, and uh, and if we're just sitting there absorbing all the time, and we're not out there chasing this uh, wonderful calling that God has given us, this responsibility that we have to this uh, to this planet, to the to to, uh, to the people of this world, uh, we are salt that's lost its savor. Absolutely. Just, you know, it's a, and so I, that's that's why I'm I'm so excited about what you're doing. Yeah. One of, one of the things we did, as we were kind of closing out the formal study on the gifts, was we invited our pastor to our meeting, mm-hmm. um, and he was gracious enough to come. and And we actually had a few more women who showed up the day that he was coming because they wanted to be in that part of the conversation. We have some women who are regular attenders, but mm-hmm. then we have some women whose schedules just don't allow that. But I include them in, you know, all of my mailings and that sort of thing, and they've come back with their giftings. And so they're participating, but they're not present oh. for the for the mm-hmm. weekly thing. Um, and in that meeting, you know, we, we asked him, you know, what do we do next? And, you know, the thing is, you, you approached somebody, you know, like, Tell Marilyn you want to you want to do something about teaching. She can find a place for you to teach. Even in the women's group, there's room for that because one of the one of the weaknesses that we identified in a SWOT analysis that I did with the ladies was that we don't have a succession plan. So succession any, plan for the pastor or for the for me. Oh, <laughs> so so I was hospitalized in, in September and um, and what you yeah. know like what happens. And so yeah. we don't we notice that as a thing. Um, so, sorry. So so what do we do? Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you're there, if you're ready to step out of the boat, then talk to me. You know, you can tell me in the big group, or you can tell me privately that you're ready to step out of the boat, and I will I will decide whether I'm a good person to kind of come up with something with you, or maybe. Maybe you can do something with the um, youth group. So we, we have one woman in the group 
who has a passion for um, serving, serving like serving food to people. Huh. And um, and so she, you know, she's been challenging me to think through and brainstorm with her. What what do you do with that? What do you do with that? And so what we have come up with, and it will be happening, um, I think the date is June 13th, uh, she's going to, she's got a committee, she sat in our meeting, and she said, who will help me with this? They're going to do a dinner for the parents of our youth group kids. Oh. So like a youth group banquet. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to invite a speaker who has come out of the youth ministry in our church years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to invite him to be the speaker so that he can talk about what youth group how youth group changed his life we think that's a good message for the kids mm -hmm. to hear we think it's a good message for the parents to hear and so you know there's that place of service and if it's not going to be so i connected her with josh who was our uh youth minister and they now they've taken it and run with it and yeah. so that you know that's what yeah. he said just approach somebody and say what do I do with this gift? Thank you for calling, Eric. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna drop you out now because uh, we only have one phone line here. If you've been trying to get in, uh, you got oh, got to call yeah. back again. But uh, thanks for the okay. call. Thanks so much, thanks, Eric. Eric. Good to hear from you. Eric. Okay, bye. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> A quick question that I have: um, I sometimes when I drive up to our <clears throat> camp, I see some churches still are doing the Zoom meetings, but they're not meeting. Um, together mm -hmm. uh, what do you think we're losing in in our society by by not uh coming together as hebrews ten twenty five yeah. says forsake not the assembling of yourself together yeah you know i haven't done a word study on that verse of scripture but i would be very interested to know what the original meaning for assemble mm -hmm. is because uh you know uh -huh. here we are assembled mm -hmm. uh when i'm with my best friends uh my my bffs are christian women when I'm with my best friends, I'm assembled with somebody else. When I'm on the phone with somebody, we are assembled. So in my, in my mind, there must be you know a need to dig oh. deeper into that word and say, what does it mean to assemble? Well, we assemble, we as a group assemble on our prayer meeting. But it's so much better to assemble with you here in person. It, it <laughs> yeah. is, it is, although we are older people, and we are more accustomed to that face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. oh. The next couple of generations coming up are very technologically entrenched. And so we make that be not good. Um, you know, a, a couple of things for me that, that really woke me up about how bad it was to have to do Zoom things was um, a graduation. I had a group of dissertation students who were graduating, and of course it was the first year of COVID and we weren't gonna have a graduation. Mm. So they contacted me and they said, we'd like to do something. Can we have a Zoom meeting? And will you give a graduation speech? Oh. And I said, yes, I will. And can we ask the second chair on our committee to also give a speech? I said, absolutely, and I'm sure she will. And so the five of them were allowed to invite anybody they wanted to the Zoom call. And we did not set a limit on the time. We set a limit on when it would start, but not on when it would end. Hmm. And that same student emceed it. And what happened in that meeting was so profoundly moving hmm. as compared to sitting in an auditorium with thousands of people waiting for your one of 400 students to walk across the stage and have their name read. Mm -hmm. oh. Each student had a chance to talk about their experience 
in their in their program to talk about their study if they wanted to to thank their family for the support that they had been given whatever they wanted to say and then we opened the microphone up to their friends and family wow tough not to cry on a zoom call Ooh. you know like it was so moving we you know as a church we went live and uh, and that's a little different my, my ladies group went on zoom and Mastering the technology was probably the biggest barrier, but we were together, you know. And yes, it's a different if it, it's a different kind of together, but I think that we are deceived to think that it's less. Mm. It's different, mm -hmm. but it's not less. Any time that you can communicate mm -hmm. with somebody, I mean, you know, I communicate a lot through text because I was teaching online so I, I use a lot of technology but those conversations quote quote can be almost as meaningful mm -hmm. if you take them as seriously as you would take a face-to-face -face. Mm -hmm. I think the mistake we make is that we don't take them seriously because it's electronic and somehow that's less mm -hmm. what if it's more yeah yeah what if if it, it encouraged on zoom it, it kind of encourages or opens up participation from people who, if they gathered in a big auditorium, would just sit in the chair and say exactly. nothing. Exactly. But on Zoom, that's a very different thing. I have a few women in my group who, when we were doing the, the meetings by Zoom, um, I, I found that they were much more interactive than they are when they're in person. Mm. I think there's a, a freedom that they had. So assembling, what does it mean to assemble? <laughs> <laughs> never thought about it that way, right? No, I, I never did. I like to hear that. <laughs> so it, it, if, if Zoom is one new definition for assemble, what other, what other new definitions that might there be you know, there to was, assembling together? There, there was a time when I wanted to see what other churches were doing. And so I visited neighboring churches to see you know, how their services were held. And, and we like to think we're very different, but we aren't really. You know, there's some kind of worship in music. There's some kind of worship through the word. There's some kind of fellowship, whether it's more or less. You know, like, we think we're, we're majorly different, but we don't church majorly different. So mm -hmm. what if we churched majorly different? I mean, our small groups, you know, and, and I'm calling those ministries small groups. But how about house groups? I know people who have, you know, who have a Friday night house group and, and a handful of people meet. My husband and I used to be involved in one of those with one of our neighbors. And, and we met people we didn't know and we were with people that we did know and we just did life together and we studied the word together. And it works, mm -hmm. you know. So we think about assembly, we think about the church as the only place we can assemble. And if we only think about the church as where we can assemble, we're missing the point. I think you're right. Yep. Well, well, the the church and is really the ecclesia, and, and it's not the buildings. It's actually the people. The somebody, people. one pastor was told one time um, that uh, somebody was chewing uh, bubble gum in church, and he was offended <laughs> by it. And he said, "Well, I'm sorry, but the church was chewing the bubble gum." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well. Uh, 
Our phone number is 725-9224. We're going to go to break again, and we're going to be right back with Marilyn Newell. And we want to get into, I I want to talk more about what happens with all this gift analysis what happens next? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you pull all this mm-hmm. together? So call in 725-9224. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to Simple Faith. We're here with Marilyn Newell today from Pleasant Street Baptist Church in Mechanic Falls. And we have Nancy on the line from Portland right now. So are you there, Nancy? Hello, Nancy. Yes, hello. Hi, uh, this is Dale. Uh, you got a question for Marilyn? Yes, I have a question for Marilyn, please. Yep. Um, I have a quote from Mother Teresa. She said, I am a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is <laughs> sending who is sending a love letter to the world. So my question is this. You would express communication being different, but it's not less. Um, earlier in the show, I believe one of the hosts said that he hates tracts and people handing out tracts. But I like the fact that you said that different doesn't mean that it's less. Sometimes it can be more. Our mission and our message can stay the same, but our message has to change if we want, especially the Gen Z and the millennials, who want authenticity, passion, and knowledge, whether it's on a Zoom call or handing a Bible tract. So my question is, handing out Bible tracts can be a form of evangelism that the Lord may call you to, which I use them a lot, and I feel that I'm, that's the little pencil in, in the hand that I use <laughs> that God helps me with. So Acts 8, sharing the gospel, Philip's engagement, he's available. He was walking along in the spirit to the Ethiopian eunuch. So I believe, humbly, soul winning is a spiritual work. The Holy Spirit breaks down the scales from people's eyes, and the Holy Spirit is the evangelist. We are all collaborators with him. My question to you is, as a gift, as an evangelist, do you believe that if Bible tracts, people like to read them, and I have heard that they like to read them, and they've come to faith in that, is that a way of communicating if that's what God has called me to do? Absolutely, Nancy. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Um, so one of my best friends was saved by a tract that she picked up in a hospital when her son was in the emergency room. And she read it, and then she had questions, and she found somebody to answer those questions, and she came to Christ as a result of that tract. That is communication. That is written communication. And, and frankly, I think that ties in so nicely with that quote that you like from Mother Teresa, you know, a pencil in the hand of God. Well, those written tracts are written by people who believe that they are writing a message that God would have the world know. And that message needs, those could sit in a box if you weren't doing your ministry the way that God has called you to do it. So congratulations for stepping out there and saying, this will work for some people. By the way, it will, I'm sure you've had people who have said, no, thank you. Or they've just sort of taken it and put it in their pocket and you don't know whether they've ever read it. But it's, it's your job to put it out there. Otherwise, it's going to sit in a box someplace um, or people are going to stop writing about the gospel and writing, you know, the tracks that we can use to share. So, you know, different ways of doing things are not, not wrong. They're just different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Does Thank that help you? Yes, it does. Thank you very much, and shalom to you. Shalom, and you keep up the good work. Thank you. Shalom. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Shalom. Shalom. I love that word. (laughs) 
So Nancy, uh, we're talking about the spiritual gifts and uh, and identifying those spiritual gifts. Where is your church going with all this? I mean, do you have a do you have a path yet, or or how will you how you'll sift this all down into uh, something that that uh, that moves your church in a certain direction? How how will that happen? Well, we do have the building next door that we don't know why we have it. Um, <laughs> we bought it because it was available and it would mm -hmm. expand our footprint and had the potential to give us, uh, you know, more space for mm -hmm. different things. Now that we know what kinds of giftings we have, we can look at that space as we're moving toward remodeling. Actually, I think we're going to try to tear it down and rebuild on that spot. So now we sort of can start thinking about it's a wide open palette for us. Mm -hmm. What, what, can we do to use these gifts and what kind of a space do we need that's different from the space we have it's a small church and we have very few you know individual rooms and we share the community spaces with a calendar do you have a process that you're going to follow to do this or it's just you know what what happens next well i know that the elders have looked at uh, you know building codes and that sort of right. thing and starting to think about that uh, we know that it's going to cost money, so we're at the very early stages of mm -hmm. uh, figuring out how we're going to budget for that mm -hmm. and figuring out how we're going to raise funds for that. Um, but, you know, it kind of goes in tandem. We we need to know what we want to do with it before we decide what to do with it, <laughs> or, you know, yeah, how we want to yeah, use yeah, it before we decide yeah. what to do with it. So so that's in the works, and that's exciting. It, you know, it's... Um, so what kind of, what kind of things are you thinking about? I mean, are are there you know? I, I think we talked earlier that you're kind of trying to figure out what the needs in the community are and how's that going and and what 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 steps are you taking to find out what the needs are mm -hmm. that you have to fill? Is this going to be uh, you know uh, Sunday school rooms or is it going to be uh, community service places or? Or, uh, you know, is it going to be a, a, a food bank or a clothing bank? Or is it going to be, you know, what, what kind of things are, are people excited about? Well, I think, you know, I think the, the idea of serving food to people is mm -hmm. something that, that's come up consistently. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that would be using the kitchen that we have and the space that we have downstairs that we currently use when we have potlucks and that sort of thing, that would be used for that, so you could but it could be dedicated that yeah. for that. I see, yeah. yeah. You know, right now um, we have to rearrange the chairs in the downstairs hall that we have for Sunday school on Sunday morning or sometime before Sunday morning. Then we have to rearrange them on Tuesday morning for mm -hmm. Bible study, and then they get used Tuesday night by an outside group who comes in and uses the building. And certainly, you know, the building space for meetings for different groups is pretty limited in Mechanic Falls. So there may be some community outreach that we um, could do with different groups and just, you know, here's a safe place. Here's mm -hmm. a place where you and your group can come and do whatever. Uh, but right now, everything that happens it pretty much needs to be rearranged. Like we're dragging tables around on Tuesday morning to, to sit around to have our Bible study. And then they're dragging the tables, you know, differently for um, the kids club and that sort so of you, thing. So you, you, uh, you don't have any gifted people at ta table dragging? <laughs> actually, actually, I have a couple of my women who typically show up 10 or 15 minutes That's early so to good. help. You need, those, yeah. you need those gifts, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The gift of serving. Um, so yeah, you know, we're in the very early stages yeah. and yet we're so far along because we have the building, the building is paid for. Right. And, mm -hmm. and now it's just, it's just putting the footprint there 
based on how God has equipped the church mm-hmm. and, and the spiritual gifts piece. You know, some of the men have done the spiritual gift thing as mm-hmm. well. And if you're one of the men in our church and you haven't done it, please do it and please send me <laughs> uh, an email with your results so that we can really get a good full picture of, of how God is, is, is preparing this church mm-hmm. to minister to the community. Then the other thing, and this is new, I don't know that I even have shared it with my pastor, um, but, you know, the idea of how do we know what the needs are in the community. Right. And years ago, uh, in preparation, I'm sure, for this very moment in my life, I was involved with the Lawson Housing Authority as a rehabilitation coordinator, and we had to do surveys for, of community needs in mm-hmm. order to get grants. <laughs> You're uniquely gifted, aren't I'm you? I'm uniquely yeah. gifted in that way to do that. And I think that's probably our next step is let's, you know, as we we want to meet the needs of, you know, what we want for what we're doing. But then we also want to look to say, is there something that How we do you love people plan in the for? community? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. we do, um, you know, we do a trunk or treat. And that is that has been an amazing thing. So what is that? Trunk or treat. It's a Halloween thing, mm-hmm. and everybody who wants to participate decorates the trunk of their car or their uh-huh. van or a tent. Somebody one year had a tent they set up, and there's candy in the back, and the cars are all parked with their um, trunks facing mm-hmm. inward. And it's open to the community for the kids to come and trick or treat in a safe place oh. where, you know, where they're not tramping around. <laughs> traipsing around the streets of, of town in the dark. Mm-hmm. So um, we have done that three or four years or e- maybe even more. But uh, prior to COVID, I know the numbers were, I don't know if Greg is listening, if it's after 3 o'clock, he might be listening. Um, the numbers were in the hundreds, like, you know, five, six, wow. seven hundred. Wow. And I think when we did it this year, we still had, a, you know, a, a large contingent of people who came out. Uh, we did not do it, you know, last year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's a wonderful opportunity for them to get to know us differently. So they walk around, they talk to you, you talk to them, oh, don't you look cute, whatever. And then when they have a need, we feel like they at least know we're there and they have talked to somebody there already. Mm -hmm. And so we're not so intimidating. Is there an opportunity to sneak in a little gospel now and again and something like that? Well, you know, like it depends on how people decide to decorate their ah, things. Yeah. Uh, we had one one guy who was um, uh, one of the ladies' husbands was dressed. I'm trying to remember whether it was as Moses, and <laughs> and the kids wanted to know if he was God. They wanted to know if he was uh, what is it, Gumbledorf? <laughs> you know, so th- there was a conversation, and yeah. you know, he was able to to tell a little story about that. Um, yeah, so you know, they interact. They don't just run around and knock on your door like you do knock on the door. You don't stop and visit. Right. This is just kind of a fair, if you will, mm-hmm. of cars with different wow. themes. Some of them have games that the kids can play. You know, like uh, cornhole or mm-hmm. things like that, that the kids can stop and play with a game. And so we're reaching the community that way. How that translates into meeting needs, you know, we will see if the needs arise and they come to us because now they're familiar with us. They're not going to come to church on Sunday morning necessarily, even if you invite them. But they may come. They may reach out and say, you know, I met this really nice person at this event and I I just feel God will move and connect them. God will move and connect them. The trunk or treat 
think sounds suspiciously like gathering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an assembly. Yeah. It's an assembly. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's premature to say we know what we're going to do, but I think we need to do a needs assessment in the community. Yeah. I think that might be the next step mm -hmm. to see if we can actually identify talking with the town leadership and see if we can identify a, a need. Uh, maybe surveying the churches in so we serve Mechanic Falls primarily that's where we're located but you know mine at Mechanic Falls I come from Hebron um, Oxford we have people from Oxford so we serve um, you know a number of communities and then getting out into those communities and seeing what is the need there hmm. I think I just think we need to do that as part of our exploration so again it's planning it's organization hmm. and planning wow. and you're planning to love people like Jesus loved us and uh, yeah. and uh, uh, loving God by by uh, by uh, the way he's loved us and uh, and loving God by loving our neighbors and getting to know him well enough to love him well that's right and I think the way you do that is you got to get out of the boat yep. and you've got to, you've got to do something that, uh, that that connects you with people in some way I know that uh, in my experience the churches that are really out there loving people are the ones that are growing and thriving and people are excited to be participating and it's it's really good to hear a about a church that's uh, that's that's working in that direction, and I'm going to be fascinated as uh, you go forward to uh, to know what um, what what's what's going on in your church. Me too. So, um, how could if somebody wants to contact you, Marilyn, are you open for that? Absolutely. Yeah, and how would they do that? They can reach me by phone two zero seven three four five three one zero zero. Can you say that again? 207-345-3100. Okay, get your pencil out because I'm going to ask you one more time before we close. But, and oh. they can reach me by email. Okay. My email is mnewell, N-E-W-E-L-L, at collegematters.us. Okay, collegematters.us. Yes. So, and your phone number again? 207-345-3100. we got about one minute left, and, uh, and so I'll give that minute to you, Marilyn. Uh, what would you like to say? What would you like to leave us with? I'd like to leave you with the idea that God is moving not just in my church, but God is moving in this world. And as dark and as evil as things seem to be, we keep, need to keep ourselves focused on the fact that God is ultimately in control of the whole mess. He is. And he would not allow anything that he does not have a plan for. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to be uh, encouraged when we see the, what is it Matthew talks about the the uh, wars and rumors of wars and famine and yeah. pestilence and all of that and that these are the beginning of birth pains. Mm -hmm. This is not the end necessarily, but it is the beginning of the end. It's the time that we need Ooh. to be focused mm -hmm. on what. Jesus has called Absolutely. us to do and what God has the called us to do. The time could be short. The uh, time could be very short. What a picture. Yeah. Beginning of birth pains. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, well, Marilyn. We've got to say goodbye <laughs> and I, I hate to this do it. I mean, great. yeah, we'll, be, we'll, we'll do this again, I'm sure. So God bless you and uh, come on back next Saturday at 3 o'clock uh, to Simple Faith, 725-9224. Uh, don't call now, but uh, put that phone number away for next week. God bless. <laughs>